learn to float. This is a podcast that myself and my friend Michael Borek in England, us both being international travelers, really wanted to bring some amazing ways of talking to you. Especially when it's like late at night and you're restless and you're tossing and turning and you're sleeping. Or let's say before you go to bed, after a long day of work, we want to present to you something that's calming, that's nourishing, and that brings a kind of spirit of excitement and joy in your life. So when you wake up in the morning, you will feel refreshed, you'll feel full of love, excitement, and ready to do your things, no matter what they do. So, are you there? I am, Jeremy. The connection is still a little bit funny, though. I don't know. Can you? How do I sound? Robotic still? You sound great to me. <laughs> well, you're a flat runner. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say so. But is it the connection okay? I think the connection is okay. okay. I think it'd be nice for us just to start. And, right. you know, because it's going to be all kinds of formats. And, you okay. know, the satellites that are in the sky, because, you know, I'm in North America, in the West Coast, like mm-hmm. DST, and mm-hmm. you're in GMT time, so it's mm-hmm. eight hours difference. And no matter what, there will be some form of a, a time difference of the sun rising in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be really nice for our listeners to be able to have an experience, I think, to be with us and to share a little bit of philosophy at the end, for us to have a guided meditation that will help to uh, float into deepest, best rest and sleep. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, because um, we were we were talking earlier, weren't we? And the kind of general theme that came up was challenges, and you 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 were using the metaphor. You know that. Well, actually, maybe better that you tell it because um, you put it so beautifully. But would... soul challenges was the was actually if we're kind of going to be bang on with it, it's the kind of challenges that, as spiritual beings, I don't even like. Do you know, I don't even like saying spiritual beings because we we are spirit when you know non local consciousness experiencing ourselves as being local what, what do i mean by that i mean as in there's a i believe that i'm me in london and that you're you in canada but in a very real way we are that we're, we're one consciousness it's everywhere at the same time but we you know we experience ourselves as a, a personality as it's in with a you know a, a history and a time and a place and you know, you could use the word soul for that, like an individual soul. You could use that. Um, you know, there would be people who might sort of say, well, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. Or, you know, you could debate these kind of things intellectually. But I think for the purposes of today's conversation, I'm going to refer to myself as a soul who has a body and has a life and has a story and has 
soul challenges. And I think um, one perspective that we, we were certainly talking about is that, you know, there's, there's, there are challenges that we actually, some of the challenges that I think, I think some suffering is unnecessary. There's some unnecessary suffering in the world, but there's also some, some benefits from the challenges that, that, that we have, that we make us go, you know, we take us through some, what can be challenging emotional states because we grow from that. And you, you were using the metaphor of the, the butter, butterfly and the chrysalis, weren't you? Yeah, well, you, there's there's a theory of thought. If you were just for birth, it might be very happy or very sad. And where are you now? Is it the same? Different? And why? So, as souls. As, as beings of consciousness that inhabit the body. If we're not after what can we do to change that? Is it the way that we Is it the way we behave? Is it our subconscious rhetoric or, or constant thought? To understand the subconscious, which later on we're going to do a deeper lesson on the subconscious and retraining. And so, if you were born happy and you're happy now, you should probably. If you don't need any help, that's great. If you do need help, when did you first realize that maybe your life could be better or how you could be better? And how do you do it? So as someone who's like a mechanic of joy and let's speak to the engine your body, your consciousness, your awareness, your emotions, all of your history of the past, and all the things where mom and dad things, and which part works for you in producing happiness, and which part do not. And so we're at the stage where we can really discover honestly ourselves the next level of joy and to rise above the old and make new like ants and weed farmers use dung and other things potting in order to nourish the plant. So why would we not be the same when we use the rotting and old and compost in a proper way that is actually going to lead to nourishing our next level where we can find happiness and joy in all of the life challenges 
that we face today. So, Mike, my question to you, because you work a lot with, with children and teenagers. So, do you find at every stage there's a lot of challenge for people that are used to yeah of course yeah i mean this well i mean that's the thing about being a young person is um boy um i mean there's there's question as you become you know as you become a teenager then the all the kind of stuff that you were taking as given as you were growing up you just have to start you start questioning that and and rightfully so and you start to reject the world that you inherited from your parents. So there's a, that's a very, very important phase. And, and so you, you're starting to work out, you're trying to work out who you are. You know, who am I, you know, where do I, where do I fit in? Fitting in is a big challenge. Um, and then we've, I mean, we're living at a time now where uh, we're seeing a lot of anxiety around, you know, what, what do I look like? There's lots of idealized body images around. So, and, and that's, you can't really get away from that. So these idealized body images, you know, there's only a small per percentage of the po the human population actually look like that, but you're getting certain ways of looking held up as this is, this is it. You know, this is, this is the thing that everybody should be looking to attain and, we we don't look like that, so there's lots of anxiety there. There's the challenges that the school system puts uh, people through. Um, you know, high stakes testing, um, ranking people in order of their ability to do certain tasks in school. You know, um, boy, I mean, there's there's working out the relationships within your family as well. Um, communication between the generations that's a challenge. Is your body changing? I mean, the list. There's a lot, right? Yeah. For 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 young people, and you know, I think as an adult, if if you're not, you know, if you don't have children or you don't work with younger people, you don't, you can for, you can you can be kind of cut off from that and and not recognise that everybody. See, everybody's going through challenges. It's not because you're a kid. You're not that. Like, you're challenge free it's, or a teenager or, or a, in, in your kind of early 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s, it doesn't suddenly just stop. Because it's what, I, I mean, my view is the nature of being is to experience challenges. But when we say a challenge, a challenge can be a fun thing as well, you know, um, attaching to a higher purpose or taking on a, a mission in life or having a vision for your life. This is, this will present lots of challenges, but they, they tend to be very pleasant. Even, even when life hands you the really difficult stuff, like the loss of a, of a loved one or a setback in your career or a setback in a project. Um, there's so much good stuff can come from that. If you can stick with it and, and approach it with a particular view 
So there's a lot to be said for being connected to um, a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose and, and that, that and finding that within yourself as well. I know I'm speaking in very abstract terms right now, but I mean, that's what's, that's what's coming through as we, you know, when you ask me that question. Actually, I forgot what the question was. It was it was about challenges and young people, wasn't it? Well, you know, I was just thinking about being a teenager. Because mm. you you had quite a challenging teenage years. I mean, you told me some stories. <laughs> well, you know, I was overweight. I didn't choose the right colors for the society, and I was picked on many times. And, you know, later on, I read about marketing and society. And so there's like Ken and Barbie. I don't know if you know about Ken and Barbie. But, but like blue mm -hmm. as a color, we now know as a color. And I've seen so many boys that were pink recently be picked on. Because they were wearing pink. And when I looked deeper into that in the subject matter, I realized that Ken and Barbie, even though they have no genitals, they have nothing significant, but their marketing sign showed that pink was for girls and blue was for boys. Before that point, do you know what blue was a color? Girls. It, was for, it was for girls. Well, it's like hot, um, hobby, Holly Hobby. She she had a like a blue bonnet. You know the pilgrims and the blue bonnets and all that you stuff. Are so right. So the very first time in North America, the girls had the blue bonnet, and that was the power. If a girl had a blue bonnet, she was the governor of the household. So blue for girls was a power color. If you wore the blue bonnet, you were the woman who was the governor of the empire of the house. And the man, wearing whatever he could, went out, worked, and then came back. And so after Ken and Barbie, they sexualized colors. So there's a lot of guys that will do pink. Uh, well, like salmon is okay. But, you know, they're pink is like means you're like gay or something like wow it's really not great and it was just about marketing and so if you look at the uh catwalks of london fashion week or paris fashion week or new york fashion week which i've had the opportunity to lot in uh well what does pink mean? What does blue mean? And the most society, yeah, well, pink is not boy or girl. And blue is a girl. But a long time ago, baby blue on it, as you said, was actually a girl's color. And so modern time. We can choose whatever we want. 
And so with that, there's like maybe the burden of too much choice. So nowadays, oh, if you're wearing like pink and you're a guy, are you gay? Dot, dot, dot. It's not really necessarily true. It's about choosing the color you love. It's about following your heart. And so the challenges that are being faced with teenagers, it has to do with community. So if you have 10,000 people that don't like you, oh, you're a loser. But are you really? Astronaut were not popular before. Einstein was rejected at the University of Bern in his crazy physics thoughts. He wanted to get his PhD in quantum physics and he was rejected by the University of Bern, Germany. B-E-R-A. They said, no, you are wild child and your idea is way out there. And as we know, years, the things that he mentioned were true to a certain degree on, in relation to stuff. So the challenge is, as a teenager, people tell you, no, this isn't the way to do it. No, society says this. Society says that. This is not good. It's not good. Blah, blah, blah. Just listen to it as... La, 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 la. And it might comb your hair, but the la, 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 la is basically people that are stuck in the old circuit. So when we focus on what we love, if we want to set a goal and we do what is in our heart, I want to design hospitals, I want to make flying machines, I want to create new medical equipment. I want to be able to uh, help people understand how to grow plants on the side of their houses. What is wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. And so teachers are people that are systemized, quote unquote, may not agree with it. But if you're following your heart, you will find your way. And so that's one thing with all the challenges that are happening and people, when they focus too much on how they look, am I fat, am I skinny, am I Barbie, am I Ken? Well, bear in mind that my Barbie don't have dimples. And the color of blue being boy and pink being girl is an invention. The whole hipster movement is actually an invention. I know seven people that got together, they were in marketing and advertising, and they made the hipster movement. They invented it. So we can invent our own movement. It depends on us. There is no color with a square girl. And so 
challenges that are facing and the challenges that come up with us. Because they can come hard and fast. That's okay. If they come to you, you have the intelligence to deal with it. Whatever age you are. Whether you're 11, 13, or 28. If you're conscious enough, and you take the time just to meditate and center yourself, hmm. your intuition will tell you the way. Yeah. So, so you know, when, so if you think what's occurring to me is that there are there are stages or different types of challenge depending where you're at in terms of your self development or your self growth or your your, your your kind of consciousness so and i think it's really good for young people to get into you mentioned kind of essentially you mentioned pro, taking on a project you know something that you're really into um you want to you want to learn you want to grow you want to learn how to to grow plants on the side of buildings or you you want to understand how you know it would be possible to get clean the plastic out of the ocean and you know we've seen teenagers coming up with solutions for that that are working and have become a commercial you know com- commercialized um you know they become businesses um i mean we're seeing young people solving problems that the that generation before haven't been able to do for instance you know with a, you know, cl- cleaning the oceans for instance that was a it was a, it was, it was it was a young boy who came up with a, a contraption for doing that. So, so you, you know you're going to get different levels of problems. So if if your if your problems are all about identity, who are who am I and how do I fit in? And if the problems are kind of all in, a lot of them are internal about do I like myself or you know I I don't like this about myself or whatever it is, you know if you're essentially wrestling with your own your kind of self concept. That's one set of problems, one set of challenges, which is why I think it's really good for 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 for, for everybody to have um, a kind of a higher calling, you know, something that you're working on to make the world better for everyone, yourself included, and the people around you, because then you're then faced with a different set of challenges. They, they all link in together, of course, because, you know, feeling that you deserve to be able to do this or feeling of, feelings of disempowerment, they also impact. So, you know, it's just a, there's a better class. There's a better class of challenges and the challenges, are, you know, can be, you know, I'm trying to work on ways of helping my classmates feel better about themselves and for them to be kinder to themselves and kinder to others. For instance, that's going to present a whole bunch of challenges. So it's kind of about being, for me, there's, there's a big thing around being active. Um, because I think human beings are hardwired to feel better when we're being active and we're doing things. I don't mean to say that you're constantly on the go, but it's like there's a sense of purpose and there's a sense of meaning to your life. That's really important. I mean, 
I, I guess actually thinking about it now is like if there's a if if your life has no meaning to it if you if that's the challenge you know then that's something where probably you really need you that's where you need help you can't you know you need you want to get with um that's probably professional help definitely you need a really good friend um a teacher or someone like that somebody who's going to help you get out of that place because if we start to feel like our lives are meaningless that's a that's a big one that's a really difficult place to be don't know what do you think of that i know that there are people that have felt the same way that their life was meaningless when they're going through it kind of the soul yeah we've we've both been there i mean i've been there yeah i, I know what that's so like when you, when you the only difference between going to somebody who knows about that and get yourself is that they have been through already so they've already navigated those seas they've already been through the and they know their life meaningless crap nothing great and the energy was produced and so the difference if you go to somebody who's already had that experience and they found their way into it they can help you to navigate through yeah that's it doesn't mean to with you mm. just they've done it already yeah it's a guide isn't it i mean it's i i always say if if i'm going to go up into the high mountains i want the guide to have to know that territory because they've they've lived and they've lived it and they've walked it i I don't want to be guided by somebody who did a course about the mountain and read a book about it only maybe they did a course but you also want somebody who knows the territory. I think like nobody can know your what it's what it's like to be you. Nobody can know what it's like to go through what you're going through, because that's your experience and it's completely unique to yourself. But yeah, I think it, you know you, and you know somebody who's been through those kind of those experiences where they've had a lack of meaning and they've discovered some kind of meaning you know you can you know you can get people who are fresh quite fresh in that and they might be a bit preachy so maybe you're not attracted to that or maybe you are you know but um you know once it settles down and you've and you've brought yourself out of those very very dark places and you've found something something to put rest your feet on something that's a bit lighter you just kind of naturally want to help other people make the same kind of transition yeah so so imagine your parent is a child or children and you want to make the best choices for before they're able to make really great choices for themselves so how do you best coach your children, the people that you're guiding, to make the best choices for themselves. It's 
Well, I think, <laughs> okay. And so, you know, so it's like, okay, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of trouble. So I don't know. Is this good? Like, cause I didn't get the guidance I wanted. So I'm going to really guide you. And then we, we guide them maybe too much. And we don't empower our children to make the best choices for themselves. Even though they are different cultures, different levels of consciousness. So that's what Montessori schools, for example, which I'm not promoting, but they're like, oh, you like art? I will teach you math, geometry, all the sciences through art because you love it. I will teach you about mathematics with flowers, plants, trees, and man masculine. And that's okay. And so really it's about finding mentors that are gonna help provide you with what you need in your specific time of need. And so challenges are gonna happen. There's there's a boxer who had mentioned that it's not about getting knocked down. Because you know what? Life is going to knock you right to the floor. But it's about how you get out that makes a difference. And so with that, it's the same with us. We are going to get our asses kicked. We're going to feel terrible. We're going to get knocked down. But it's how we get up. And what we decide to do after that that makes a difference. Mm. So, mm. so in, in, in the teenage world, you know, there's a lot of amazing going on, a lot of excitement. There's also a lot of trying to scrape away at your brain. And that's okay. That's just life. You've got to deal with it. Like when you do a Google search, you got to find out what is real news, what is fake news, and do you really know how to sort the crap from the good? Hmm. And it takes time to out. And so, Mike, to conclude our little episode, I'd like to be able to parents and children and people that are to us to be able to have a moment where we can tune in for deeper intuition. Because if we tune into our own deeper selves, we know the deepest ultimate truth. So Mike, would you be able to start in guiding us into of our heart and the anatomy of our light. Yeah, well, I think um, maybe I think what would be really useful here is just uh, uh, okay. So, I mean, I guess one of the assumptions with this learning to float podcast is that you know it's a fairly it's it's kind of aimed for the late night listener, the person who's having trouble sleeping. Is that Am I correct in making that assumption? Often we'll wake up later and our brain 
is whirring like a machine. And so learn to float is going to get onto your three bracts and help you get on track for your deeper, profound self-evolution. Mm. Okay. So, you know, if, if, if somebody's now, if, if you're listening to this now and you're in that situation where you're, 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 your mind's spinning and you, and you know that there's thought after thought, chasing thought, then what that'll be doing, it will be affecting your breathing. So you, your, your body will, won't, your breathing will either be held and tight or shallow or it may be irregular. So there's just a fantastic way of beginning to regulate your breathing. And you only need to do this three or four times before, and you'll start to feel it. Um, sometimes called square breathing. Where you start with an in-breath. You say you breathe in for the count of three. Then hold for the count of three. Then breathe out for the count of three. And hold for the count of three. So it's called square breathing because each breath, if you visualize it as a square, the breath in is the same length. You hold it for the same length of time. You breathe out for the same length and you hold it for the same length and you just keep on repeating like that. Now what can happen is, especially on the in-breath, where you're holding the in-breath, because if, if, if your breathing's become quite restricted, it can, it can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, am I going to suffocate? Well, um, you know, and listen, don't do this if you do have pulmonary problems. You know, like practice self-care. But for the majority of people, if it's more of an anxiety-based thing, you're not going to suffocate. You're going to be fine. And as you even out your breathing, that gives a signal to your body that everything's okay. And that actually then, because your body then goes, oh, everything's okay, your mind starts to calm down. Does that sound, does that sound accurate to you, Jeremy? Yes. We are the conductor of our own. <laughs> We are the captain of our own ship, our own life, our own destiny. We breathe and breathe out. We're engaged in a part of the escape from birth. The first breath into as a baby out of our mother. Is the first first mm-hmm. Okay. So being able to in yourself, being able to engage in life is something, and it's not easy. There's a lot of turns, but to be able to mm-hmm. make it. Yeah. 
So, you know, I don't know if you may have noticed, but, you know, your, the challenges or problems in your life can be really, especially if this is a late night thing for you or an early morning thing, where they're really front and center and very, very present. And there's a lot of anxiety with that. But there's also times during the day where you're not thinking about those. They're still there, but you're not thinking about them. So you get some relief. So what we're gonna what we what we're gonna do now is, with your permission, wherever you are, it, with this anxiety, is to to imagine that for the next few minutes, it's okay not to think about those problems or those challenges. It's okay not to know how you're going to be able to challenge solve them at least for the next few minutes while we do the breathing exercise. Because what's more important is that you breathe and that you begin to calm down so you can begin to clear your mind so that solutions can begin to come to you. Okay, if, that's, if that sounds logical to you at least, then what we're going to do now is try and connect to the actual emotion of that. Where, with your permission, we'll say for the next, for this breathing exercise, there's no way you need to be that's different. There's nothing that you need to do other than just, we're just going to start breathing. So if you just get yourself ready with it, just, just let your breath go out. And then we're going to do, we're going to do in. And I'll do the count, I'll do the counting in my head. Then we'll do out, hold, out. Hold, in, and we're just going to do that all together um, for, for maybe four, we'll do four rounds, because typically you start to feel better after four rounds. Okay, so get ready for your first in-breath. Here it comes, and in, hold, out, hold, in, hold, out, hold, in, hold, out, hold, in, hold, Out, hold, and in. And then just notice, has the emotional intensity changed? You know, if, if before you did that, the emotional intensity on a scale of 0 to 10 was like 10 or 11 or 12 or 15, how emotionally intense is it for you right now? Just a guess. So maybe it's like, maybe it's the same, or maybe it's come down. If it's come down, then that's some proof that the, of the connection between your breath and your anxiety. So you can, you know, you can take, you can use that technique of square breathing to help you calm your mind. 
And with a calmer mind, it's easier to see solutions and easier for solutions to come to you because actually, um, I think what both myself and Jeremy would like to encourage you to do is is to begin to develop um, a contemplative or a meditative practice, even if it's only for four breaths a day. One, you know, four, four, taking those four, four calmer breaths once a day you begin to open up a space to be calmer and to have some more solutions come to the problems or the challenges that you know that you're facing and like we don't know what challenges you're facing right now we just don't so i don't want to presume to say oh don't you know i uh, you know i don't want to we we don't we don't we, don't, we, don't, we, we would disrespect where you're coming from what we do want to do is just offer up some some really practical tips that can at least help start to make a change and shift it from where it is to a, a better place. We'd like you to join us in a place of calm because that's that's what we want for ourselves and we want that for you too. That's not to say that the challenges won't come and anxiety comes and goes, but, you know, at least while we're on the podcast together, we can get to that place. And as you listen to those words, you may be feeling a little bit more relief. You may be feeling a little bit of a warm feeling in your heart. That's your heart energy center beginning to open. And you can breathe into that space. There's some, some, some nice supportive energy coming to you right now and just breathe that into your heart space that's it that's good okay and that's an that's 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 something you know we can take it further on, on subsequent podcasts but i think maybe that's that's a nice place to leave it for now yeah if you really feel you know, write it down
So take a deep breath as I make the All the way up to the head. All the way up to the head. All the way up to the head. All the way be in, in the, the middle, middle of you. you. Take a deep breath. It's bad things you Your back. Your lungs. lungs. All the way to the bad Taking all the oxygen in nature to give you. And let it all And then you. We begin the love. Take a moment just to feel your breathing. The only person to take is you. Nobody does it. It's just you. So, with the deep movement. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.